And now, more sports and torts with David Spada and Elliot Herring. Elliot, let's get right to our next guest. Someone I grew up watching on Channel 7 and Channel 5. She was my favorite broadcaster. I just wish she'd be back on the air. She's not your favorite broadcaster anymore? She is. I want to see her back on the air. I don't want to see these people they have on now. They're just a pretty face. They don't know what they're talking about. She was beautiful. She still is. And she knew anything she was talking about. She was knowledgeable. She made you want to watch the news. And being a teenager, you don't want to watch news. You just want to watch sports and play video games. I think you probably might have even watched with the sound off, but I could be confused. And she's Italian like me on top of it. What more could you ask? Let's Joan Esposito. How are you doing, Joan? Yeah. How are you doing Hi, today? Hi, guys. Can, I, can you hear me? We can hear you. We're working with Skype for the first time here trying to do a broadcast. Oh, that's your problem. <laughs> yeah, it could, could be the last time, too. <laughs> I can too. hear you and see you. I've been watching you guys for a while here on my computer. Uh-oh, cyber-stalking. <laughs> Yeah. Why are you not on the news? You need right? to clean up that desk, guys. Way too messy. Uh, Way too messy. Well, well, we need somebody to come in and clean it up for us. <laughs> so how are you? They, you said some very nice things, and I appreciate the compliments. And most of them were true, even. Um, mostly. No, no, and they were all true. Won't, we just won't go there. <laughs> so, Joan, why are you not on the news right now? Well, I would love to go back to anchoring if I could do it part-time. If I could anchor Monday and Tuesday, maybe even Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and uh, and that's it, then that would be the perfect job for me. But it's just too hard to – I I just find it too hard to be there full-time. I don't want to be anywhere full-time anymore. I've got a couple of things right now that I'm doing that I really love, and they're both great because I set my own schedule. Would you so care I'm, to ta- I'm really busy. Hmm? Would you care to tell us what they might be? Sure, sure. Uh, uh, two things. I'm part of, um, I started with a friend of mine from Channel 7, a media training company, uh, j2sc.com. And we've been doing media training for probably four years now. And that's great because it's client-based, so it's just a client here, a client there. And actually, we have a lot of people, um, a lot of Chicago talent that works with us in that. And the other thing I've been doing is I teach part-time at Tribeca Flashpoint Media Arts School downtown. I teach uh, writing for broadcast and production for broadcast. Uh, I team teach with my good friend and former WGN News Director, Jennifer Schulze. So you can make Ellie and I better broadcasters. That's why I can't talk to you guys for a really long time today because I've got to get the train because I have a 140 class today and I got to be on the 1245 train. Well, you live a five minute walk from the train. Come on, admit it. <laughs> Maybe no, six. I, I can stay, I can stay till at least 1230. <laughs> Ellie, how do you know where right. she lives? She lives up the street from me. <laughs> but I live in the North Shore, so I take Metro downtown to teach. Because the school is at Clark and Madison. Well, the, one of the, the, they actually have, it's interesting because Tribeca Flashpoint took over the old studio space at the Merchandise Mart. Is anybody in this crowd old enough to remember when Channel 5 used to broadcast out of the Merchandise Mart? Yes, Yay, indeed. me too. Our sound man does when he's actually, working for Chad Kopic. Oh. The first couple weeks I was with Channel 5 were there like last two weeks at the Mart. I was at the Mart for like a month or two, and then we moved over to the NBC Tower. 
Joan, what, um, is, yeah. what, is, what is the key to becoming a successful broadcaster? Well, you have to, you really, really have to be passionate about it. You have to love the people you work with, love the whole news gathering operation, working with crews, going out in the field, writing the stories, presenting them. And the reason you have to really, really love it is because except for a very few handful of, of, of local anchors, perhaps in New York, Chicago, and L.A., most of the jobs in broadcasting don't really pay very well, and they demand a huge commitment as far as hours. So if you don't really, really love it, there's no way you could survive in the business. And even in Chicago, I know that they're cutting back on contracts. When contracts expire, they say, okay, you want to take a 50% pay cut or something like that? And Oh, for the, for the last for the last 10 years, the move has been that when you negotiate a new contract, it's generally, you're lucky if it's for the same money. Frequently, frequently, it's for lower money. And then the next time you negotiate, it's for lower than that. There's um, huge, huge salary cuts going on across the board in, in the business. What's the reason for it? Is it because the advertising revenue is down, or are these stations just trying to make more money? Well, there's a couple of reasons, I think. Um, first of all, they, um, they do want to turn a huge profit. And second of all, when I first started in television news, there was a belief that certain personalities – had a certain audience. For instance, the belief was that if you hired Ron Majors, that a certain percentage of audience would come with him because they really liked Ron Majors and would follow Ron Majors. Um, Floyd Calber, you know, there was a belief that if you hired Floyd Calber, you'd immediately get a certain amount of the audience, people who love Floyd Calber. And that sort of thinking doesn't really exist anymore. Um, the powers that be who make the decisions and um, open or close the person strings no longer believe to the same extent that it really matters who's in the chair does age play into it in the old days it was if you were a female after a certain age you were too old whereas if you're a guy and you hit that age you were distinguished is that still play that's there there is still some of that you know it's the whole um the uh, I was told once by a manager that the ideal anchor team is a woman in her 20s or maybe 30s and a guy in his 40s or 50s. That's they, that that dynamic was what they felt the audience really sort of keyed into um, the best. I think that that idea has eroded somewhat, but um, but you know I mean look around you've got. Um, you got Walter Jacobson, you got Bill Curtis still anchoring, you know, but about the only woman anchor, you know, who's who's been on in the market a long time uh, is Linda Yu. I mean, Carol Marine's no longer anchoring, I'm no longer anchoring. Um I mean, we've got um Oh my god, I just blanked on her name. The new woman at the 10 o'clock news at Channel 10. What's her name? Robin <sighs> Robertson is one I well, she's yeah, she's at she's at 32. She's also a survivor. She and Linda Yu, I think, have done the best job of of just hanging in there. Oh, and Alison Rosati, Robin Robinson, and Linda both look about 30 years younger than they are. I mean, I go out, out to dinner with Linda Yu, and she looks like my daughter. It makes <laughs> me so mad. And you have Alison Rosati uh, still on the air. 
Yeah, well, we'll see. I mean, you know, Allison, when she first became an anchor, was was pretty young. So, we'll, you know, we'll see. I certainly hope she's there for another 10 or 15 years, but we'll see what happens. Is there a difference between being a news broadcaster and a sports broadcaster? Well, there are certainly more jobs, at least at the local level, available for news people than there are for sports people. And, you know, I I don't know this because I haven't had a conversation with management at Channel 5, but I've heard in recent years that their belief is that um, it's not... It doesn't make or break their newscast who's reporting the sports. I mean, look, at, they've had like a they have a like a revolving door. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, who's ever up today. And and I heard that they that they no longer believe that it was important to have like a Mike Adamley or a Mark Greco there night after night after night. Was there a news story that you covered that you will never forget? Oh, so many of them. Um, I'm trying to think of a happy one, though, because, <laughs> you know, it tends to be the really awful things that make that indelible impression. Let's see. What's a happy story I covered? Hmm. Well, I covered Ronald Reagan once when he came to town. That was that was kind of fun. He was really at the height of his presidential powers then. And I interviewed Ray Charles. That was that was a delight. I really enjoyed that a lot. Do you play any music for you? No, he didn't. I wonder what he was in town for, um, what he was promoting. But I remember um, I, uh, the the music writer for the Sun Times was ahead of me in the line of interviews, and I was listening to their interview. And of course, they were talking about the last forty years and musical history and the evolution of certain sounds. And I'm like, oh my god. You know, he's going to go from talking to somebody who's an expert to talking to someone who's a complete idiot. I'll tell and you, that was pretty much how it went. I'll tell you what, I was in San Diego a couple of years ago, and I turned on the news, and who's doing weather out there? John Coleman. I can't believe this guy's still going. Wow. He is the Energizer Bunny, isn't he? <laughs> did you work with him at Channel 7? I did. I did. I worked with him. You know, um, I'm not sure. We were at the station at the same time. But I don't think we ever worked on the same shows together. I mean, you had and some actually, great... I think didn't he come back and work at five? I think sure, I he... worked with him at five yeah, he was when everywhere. he was in town for the second incarnation of of his life. This guy's a multimillionaire. He started the Weather Channel, and he's just collecting the payments from whoever bought him out. Well, God love him. When you were at Channel Seven, you had some big names there. They had you. You had. I think you were after Fahey Flynn, but you had Fahey Flynn, you had Joel oh, Daly. I, no, I worked with Fahey Flynn. I, I was there um, while Fahey was still on the air. Um, as a matter of fact, little-known Chicago trivia, uh, Fahey Flynn's last-ever broadcast, I co-anchored with him. Wow. Cause he was he, actually already pretty ill at the time. Was he retired when he died, or was he still working until the day he died? He was. He worked up until his health got to the point where he just really couldn't do it. If there was one, he died with his boots on. Is there <laughs> one person who you basically learn more from in broadcast than anyone else? Oh boy, I learned from everybody I worked with. Um, 
I mean, if you're smart, that's what you do. I mean, you go to a town and you look at the reporters who you think are doing a, a really good job and, and then you figure out what they're doing and how they're doing it and, and you incorporate that into your own work. I mean, that's what I did. There wasn't anybody in town I didn't learn from. Okay. Now, as a teacher, are you good enough that you could make David and me competent broadcasters? Is that a possibility? <laughs> You're already too- <laughs> competent broadcasters. Come on. Could you make us some next Mike North or Chet Cap? No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Whoa, whoa, Those whoa, are out of work, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> could you make us somebody who has steady employment instead? <laughs> oh, well, you know, that I can't promise. Oh, okay. That. This it's we are now in the age of the part time freelance per diem employee when it comes to broadcasting. How has the internet changed broadcasting? You know, I think it's just starting to. I mean, stations woke up a while ago to the to the idea that they needed a web presence, but I honestly don't think that there's a local television station in Chicago that's really nailed the whole web thing. And I, part of the reason I know this is because once I started teaching, I was started looking at the local news websites and, and hopefully looking at them as a resource for places where I could pull, you know, good stories or good examples of on-camera reporting or something. And I find most of the sites very difficult to navigate and very frustrating in the, in the content that they have. So I, I think that that's something that they are, there's still a very steep learning curve there. I'm still in love with you. Looking at your picture, you look like you're still 20. <laughs> yes, well, that's because I have this camera set up just right. So that's like, it's like I have Photoshop as we speak. Excellent. Thank you very <laughs> much for your time, Jonah. It was a pleasure talking to you. My pleasure, guys. Go get, have fun. Go, go catch that train. Thank you. There was legendary sportscaster, sportscaster, broadcaster Jonas Vazita. I think she could do sports, too. She could do anything she wants. Boy, Ellie, I mean, this insight she gives, I mean, look, she's intelligent, beautiful. I mean, she has it all, and she can talk. A lot of them, they can't talk. If you don't have teleprompters right, in front if you, of them. If you don't have the script, blah, 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 you know. But, no, she's got a lot of experience and a lot of ability. Good combination. And you can learn a lot from her. I mean, if I wanted to take a class, which I think I want to, but I, I can't afford to, I would want to learn from her. And she works with Mike Adamley, Bob Gone. There's a lot of media people there who know what they're doing. And that's the key. I mean, you can't just learn this stuff on the fly. No, not at all. I mean, interviewing interviewing is basically an art. I mean, you've been a reporter for, what, 40 years now? At least. I mean, Seems like who 100. taught you how to interview? Was it going to Missouri for college? or you, you, learn, you learn some in school, but then you learn on the job as you go along. And you find how to ask questions, what questions to ask, and when to ask them in the interview. Kind of like a deposition. So, something like that, except not as well compensated. Exactly. When we come back, we're going to have another Basketball Hall of Famer on, a guy who played for the Minneapolis Lakers back in the 50s. I asked you if you remember him playing. You do. So. I do, so that tells you how old I am. He's, he was retired for about 10 years before he was born, Vern Mickelson. You listen to Sports and Torts, and we'll be back in a few. 